up, social spotters? Welcome to The Social Spot. Hello, I'm Kate Courtney O'Connor and welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Bit embarrassed to say this is about the third time I've done this intro. I did do it the other night when I interviewed Chloe, but I had a few gin and tonics beforehand and I just listened to it then. And let's just say I sounded a little bit happy. So here's your new intro. It was so cool chatting to Dr. Chloe Lim. She wears many hats. She's a career coach. She's a micro business woman of the year. She's a balloon artist. She went on that seven plus show, Blow Up AU. She's a science storyteller. She runs a company called Giggly Wiggly Balloons and she's she blew up, excuse the pun, just before COVID hit. She shares her stories with us. She's awesome to listen to. So let's jump into the episode. Hi, Kate. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Very good. Sorry, I got sidetracked by the uh, virtual background that they've they've given us. I was like, oh, Christmas ones. That's nice. (laughs) I was going to ask. I was going to ask if you're in Colorado or Vancouver. For those listening, Chloe has just hopped on. And how would you describe your background? It is snow chic. Yes, it's so chic. Possibly, I don't know. It looks like it's it's snowing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I thought that would be fun. <laughs> Something different. Even though we're actually, I could change it actually if you like. I, you can just blur it. Do, Do you mind if I ask whereabouts in Australia are you from? Yeah, I'm actually based in Canberra. So. Oh, all right. Well, it it's going to snow. In winter, and uh, it would be fitting, I guess, you know, maybe a couple of days if I'm in the north side, because we did have hail as well. So. Oh, really? <laughs> but anyway, let's just go back to normal blurred background. <laughs> I'm so fascinated by your balloon business, and I can't wait to hear about how it came about, especially mm. since you're clearly a doctor. And I listened to your podcast today and that was also amazing. So I've done a bit of an intro before you've come on to say about your businesses. But I thought, Mm. let's start with Giggly Wiggly Balloons and how that came about. I would love to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that people are quite uh, curious about as to how I got involved in balloon twisting, because I'm I'm actually a PhD trained molecular biologist, hence the doctor. So I'm not a medical doctor. So if you have anything, you know, medical, don't look for me, please. <laughs> I probably yeah. won't bring it up on the podcast anyway. Yeah, all good. <laughs> that's all good. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that, that's so so I have a PhD and I'm PhD trained uh, in uh, molecular biology. I, did, um, I was in academia for a while. Uh, but how I got into the world of balloon artistry was uh, back in February 2019, my church uh, needed a balloon twister for a community event. Now, no one put their hands up. And so I thought, oh, maybe I can give it a go. So I went to Kmart and bought a pack of balloons. Now, this is like, um, I would say, I wouldn't recommend getting balloons from Kmart <laughs> if you want to do balloon <laughs> twisting, just so you know. Um, and so, but then, I mean, that was what I knew then. Uh, I, I got the balloons and then I went back home. I got onto YouTube, as you do when you want to learn something new. 
and I twisted my first balloon dog. I was like, oh, this is actually quite interesting, quite fun. And then I kept going with other types of designs. I'm like, wow, this is actually lots of fun. And so I got hooked on um, balloon twisting from then on. And I was actually also looking for a business to work on at that point in time. So my working hours were reduced after I came back to work um, after maternity leave with my twin girls. And so I thought, oh, I'll, you know, I can't really depend on my job as my main secure income, I thought it would be better to have a side income to help support, you know, an extra two mouths to feed now. And so that was how I got started with Giggly Wiggly Balloon. So even though I haven't started a business like this before, I got out of my comfort zone and launched Giggly Wiggly Balloons in March 2019. Oh, that is incredible. And from what I can see, you've had quite the journey since you ventured to Kmart that day. Do you want to share a little <laughs> bit about that with us? Yeah. So, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. As you know, you know, 2019 was kind of normal. You know, we had, uh, I started off by doing a lot of free gigs, actually. So just twisting at friends' parties. You know, it's like asking, oh, you have, your, your son is having a birthday party. Can I twist some balloons at your party? No charge. I'll just do it. And it was kind of like practice and getting used to uh, learning how to twist balloons and also learning how to work with children as well. Because that's the other aspect with balloon twisting is as a kid's party entertainer, I need to be able to interact and entertain the children as well. And so it's it's really all started off by me really reaching out to friends and then also setting up markets, like at market stalls. So setting up stalls at markets uh, to help put, put the word out there about my business. And, and I think I'm very thankful that there are a few people who are willing to take me on <laughs> Mm -hmm. and uh, gave me the opportunity to try working out this business and doing that uh, and learning how to twist and learning the business as I go as well. Now, I'm a huge lifelong learner. And, you know, if I'm interested in something, I like to research as much as I can about it, learn as much as I can about it. So I went on to YouTube a lot because there's a lot of great tutorials on how to twist balloons on YouTube. But I also invested in a lot of courses on balloon twisting, like uh, learning the advanced techniques of balloon twisting, and also on kids entertainment. Because it's not just about twisting balloons, it's also about making you know kids happy by how I interact with them as well. You and have to pair course, the two together, don't you? It sounds absolutely. like you have to twist <laughs> balloon twisting with uh, being able to relate to the kids, because obviously you mm. want them to enjoy it. Does that, when yes. you say you have to be able to relate to the kids, do you mean that you have to be able to make the request, like, um, make me a sword, make me a Batman, make me a... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a so there's a couple... A There's poodle. a couple of aspects. Yeah, a couple of aspects. So firstly, it's the technical aspect of making the balloons on request. Mm -hmm. uh, so like you would see a lot of balloon artists out there who are doing dog swords, flowers, you know, pretty, pretty basic stuff. They're actually basic, simple um, designs. But I've developed my skill to a, a point where I, I, people can ask me for anything and I will give it a go. Anything? So anything. Oh, <laughs> That's and cool. I'll give it, and even even if I've not done it before, I will have a look at a picture and then try and reverse engineer how would I make it in balloons. So so that is my unique selling point in terms of how I position myself in in the market is my unique ability to twist any balloon request. 
at which you cannot find. Uh, definitely in Canberra, it's quite hard to find. I haven't really found someone else who's able to do it as well as I do, uh, or at least they're not very visible or promote themselves uh, out there enough. And <laughs> so, and so that's that's how I, I guess that's how I sell myself as well um, as that premium balloon artist, that premium kids entertainer. So I'm guessing that's how Channel Seven Plus unfold going on the Blow Up AU. Yeah, so, so, um, so they, so at Channel Seven was uh, going to. They were, they were, they were going to produce a new show, a new reality TV show, and this show was called uh, Blow Up Australia, and this, uh, this is a reality TV competition that featured some of Australia's top balloon artists, and uh, and they've actually reached out to me um, through my business, I think. So they would have seen. I think they were look, they were looking all around Australia and they could see, you know, the work that I've done. And um and yeah, and so they reached out. Um you had to do a proper audition for this. And 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 yeah, they were very happy with what I've done. <laughs> so even though um considering you know the the rest of the contestants, the most most of the contestants uh, they had lots of experience in the area. They're either working full time in, you know, in the balloon industry, or they've been doing balloons for a very long time. So I was really a relative newcomer to the industry, and also quite new um, to the you know, balloon artistry itself, really compared to the rest of them. So, so it was a huge honor um, to be able to work with industry experts because there, there are a few of them I actually knew from their names because I've either taken their courses or I've seen them on YouTube making tutorials and so it was uh, it was a bit I was a bit fangirling I think it was like so cool to be able to hang out with people who are so great you know at what they do and they're just amazing people as well like they really love them they really love working with balloons they love what balloons can do for others because mm -hmm. you know a lot of times um a lot of these balloon artists we do it because it makes people happy and it makes people you know it fills people with joy to get a fun balloon from someone what you find is that a lot of them are actually quite supportive and quite um like uh, helpful as well like they really want to see everyone do well and so you know that blow up australia show is it's a great family friendly show you know there's a lot of positivity um around how you know everyone works together or help each other even though we are in a competition and so i think you know it was a huge honor i actually ended up being a uh, spoiler alert uh one of the top five finalists because you, you can still catch it you can still catch it on um seven plus on demand <laughs> Just look up Blow Up Australia and you can catch all the series, all the episodes there. <laughs> I just, that's so cool. So has it played on live TV yet? Yes, yeah. So, so played, uh, it came out on, demand. on Yeah, but now it's on demand. Yeah, yeah. So it came out in mm. May of this year. Yes. Uh, and then, yeah, and then now you can access it on demand. If you feel like watching yes. how we make balloons, big balloons, not just the small, normal ones. Uh, we had different uh, challenges. We had a challenge where we had to make a we had to make dinosaurs um, there was one which is a uh, circus base so you make all sorts of different circus team Ooh. and one of my proudest one it, it was a challenging episode for me but it was a really good one it was my favorite piece of the whole show uh and then if you're into clothes we actually made balloon dresses for models to go down the runway <laughs> what if they did they, they what if they pop yeah well Thankfully, they're actually pretty resilient. Like the balloons are pretty good. Oh, that's amazing. Was it 
look, I haven't watched the show myself, but now I want to yep. go on and watch it on demand. Now you've spoken about it. But yeah. I have to ask, was it like other reality shows? Was there drama? Was anyone bringing a little pin on set to, you know, sabotage each other's work? Or was it really a, a kind of a collaborative environment where you're supporting each other, but obviously you want to win? What what was it like? Yeah. Oh, it's very collaborative. Like uh, a lot of them, like I said, a lot of them actually knew each other. They were friends before they even got on the show. So, so, and the balloon industry is quite small. So if you're quite well known, everyone knows you. So, uh, so they, they were, they were all like helping each other as much as they can. Um, you know, like you, you will probably see in the show itself as well, bouncing ideas with each other as well. And then looking at, you know, giving each other feedback, like feedback on how things have been mm -hmm. and then really supporting each, each other through the process as well. Because it is quite stressful having to do something within a time constraint and be able to produce something beautiful that can wow the judges and stay in the competition. So what's, what's the most stressful part? I'm so interested to know. Oh gosh, when things don't work and balloons pop. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's our main thing is that we just don't like listening to balloons popping. <laughs> do, you, do you have a process? Do you have a, you have to just recover and keep going or? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, when you fall down, you pick yourself up again, right? And if a balloon pops, you just grab another balloon and start all over. <laughs> so same sort of thing. <laughs> wow. And then, so when did you film the show? That was last year. Yeah, oh, so we filmed last, last year. year. Mm. So since doing the show, has that changed your balloon game? Oh, I, I mean, this, there were so many things that I had to learn on the show itself because I wasn't doing anything big uh, as part of my business yet. I Like a lot of the, there were a lot of new techniques that I had to learn in order to fulfill the brief of making something for the ch for each of the challenges like for example the balloon dress i've never made one for someone to wear ever before so that was the first time i made a balloon dress and you know and the, what was the other thing that i had to learn that i made a stegosaurus for the dinosaur challenge as well and there was a specific technique where you you need to use which is called duplet square pack you don't need to know the specifics but but it, it was something that i've never learned before and it actually involves a bit of uh, measurement and mathematics as well to work out how you want to get the the rounded figure so so it's it's a whole new advanced level of balloon artistry that i've um, i've only seen in pictures so i've only seen pictures of big builds big balloon builds and i'm like wow it's so amazing how how big you can make things with balloons and just really magnificent um and here i had the opportunity to be able to do that albeit a bit smaller skill level than what they do you know some people actually feel a whole shopping mall uh, complex with with balloons yeah with like different types of balloons like different balloon creations so so um, um i'm just gobsmacked that i was able to try it that like, given a chance to do that so but but like you know that actually i guess made me think further about how can i be improving as well as mm -hmm. a balloon artist and how can i think bigger because a lot of times, um, a lot of my work is quite small at the moment. I mean, life size, like as tall as me, that's probably the biggest that I've gone. Um, but now it's how can I expand myself, expand my skills and grow so that I can build bigger things. But it must have really, can I ask, when they decided on the winner, was there mm. judges or how did they yeah. decide 
whose balloon was the best because really art is in the eye of the beholder so mm. uh, was it really obvious who the winner was going to be or was there certain techniques and skills the judge were looking for to but uh to choose a winner yeah so um each of the episodes we have our resident judge and we also have a guest judge as well and so for the final the grand finals um there were the top three and they had to make a float it was massive like a float in like a parade <laughs> so that was massive and we actually got a, a a lady who specializes in parade floats to judge the designs so so they have their criteria as to what they're looking for and each of those floats will have to fulfill that criteria and it was very close because everyone did such an amazing job it was such it was such a lot of work i think it was um it may have been a 16 hour challenge if i'm not mistaken and and it was just it's massive i'm not sure if you've seen how big floats are yeah so you can imagine having to fill all that with balloons and create something amazing from there too so so it's really really amazing what they were able to achieve during that time oh that's incredible that's absolutely incredible mm -hmm. the amount of time and effort and skill mm -hmm. and it sounds like they'd have to move quickly yes <laughs> and, yeah and you know but things things you know there's always challenges right things yes. don't go to plan and things don't um look the way that you want it to look and yeah, yeah. it was just yeah it was an, it was interesting to watch them I, I feel bad sometimes oh my gosh i feel stressed for you <laughs> <laughs> oh that's cool that's the best thing to watch things like that and really feel so involved mm -hmm. yes but before you you would so you started becoming a balloon artist you started your business mm -hmm. then you went on the blow up show so what's it called yeah. the blow up blow up australia you can call it blow up it's a franchise actually oh, <laughs> there's okay. uh there's one in the netherlands they've done one in new zealand as well mm -hmm. and they've just released the one in germany mm. oh nice mm. um so you've been on the block and then you come back and you're still obviously running your business for 2023 and yes. did I see on your Instagram that you won an award this year to do with your business? Do you want, do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so, uh, so it was the Canberra Women in Business, uh, Micro Business Women of the Year Award. Yeah. So I, uh, I thought like, oh, I think it's time for me to put myself out there and see if I could try and win an award for the business that I have built uh, over the last few years. And so what I did was uh, I filled in the form to enter into the awards and they had lots of questions around, I guess, the business itself. How did it get started? What were the sort of challenges that was faced, that we faced? Um, what are the achievements, the, the financial growth and also the potential for future growth as well? So it was great. Like, you know, I haven't been to a gala award uh, very <laughs> Not very often, really. So we all dressed up to the nines, which is lovely. And uh, and the main thing, you know, was really getting the recognition for Sorry to all of the work. You. Yeah, I, I have to ask: Did you wear a balloon dress? No. <laughs> I'm sorry I had to ask sorry no 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 I would have loved to I would have loved to but I just didn't have the time to make it <laughs> so so you rock up to the awards you put all that criteria in which is yeah. quite extensive and then and then what happened yeah um so we i didn't know until the night of the uh the awards the awards night 
that I that I won <laughs> the award. Yeah, so I knew I was a finalist. So they, they they put out the list of the people who were the finalists and then invited us to go to the awards. We got our little you know plaque that says finalist. Um, but when it got to present presenting the award, they called out my name and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was quite blown away. Yeah, it was Thank amazing. You. And we, we got to give, uh, so all the award winners get to give a speech on, I guess, you know, uh, an acceptance speech. And it was a great opportunity for me to be able to showcase, I guess, uh, myself being an Asian migrant woman who is in science and also in business as well to be able to show that you know we can you know a, a person who is a scientist a balloon artist a businesswoman you can be all three of them at the same time and i show that it was possible that you know if you're doing something that you are passionate about uh, you can you'll be recognized for the excellence in what you do regardless of the path that you choose so so it's a huge honor and recognition and a privilege to be able to win that award and to be standing among all these other amazing business women in Canberra as well. And I think, I reckon, you know, really small businesses do power a lot of the economy. Like we need small businesses to run so that we can actually serve each other. We can serve the community and make it a better place. Mm. That was beautiful. Thank you, Chloe. Want to keep your social media ball rolling for your small business? Check out socialstreetsmart.social where affordable packages meet teamwork so you can get back to running your business. You must get this question a lot. So you're mm-hmm. a doctor and now you're a balloon artist. Can you share with us a little bit about Chloe before the balloon making? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. So I'm originally from Malaysia. So I grew up in Malaysia uh, in Kuala Lumpur. I have, uh, my family is, well, we lived in the city for a long time. I have two younger brothers and a younger sister. So I'm the eldest of four siblings. Now, I've always been very academic. I love studying. I love my books. (laughs) In fact, um, you know, I had this dream of wanting to study overseas because at that time, even now, I guess, yeah, I'm not sure, but at that time, there's always this dream of going overseas to study because we believe that the education overseas is a lot better than the education that we can get in Malaysia. And so, and I knew my family would not be able to support me to go overseas to study. So I had to work really hard to get good grades so that I can get scholarships in order to study overseas. And so that's what I did. I I studied really hard, got really great grades, and I applied for scholarships. Uh, I think I applied for scholarships in Australia and also in New Zealand. And I was blessed to get two scholarships, uh, one to study in Wellington, and then in Wellington, New Zealand, and then one to study in Adelaide, Australia. Now, a lot of people from Malaysia, uh, they were going to Australia and said, so oh, maybe I can try something different and go to New Zealand. So, <laughs> so I went to New Zealand and I spent <laughs> my undergraduate uh, years in New Zealand. And it was, it was lovely. I loved my university life. It was very different, you know. It was, I, I was just uh, happy to 
not to say happy to leave my family per se, but I was just happy to have the opportunity to go overseas and study. So it was the first time I flew in a plane. It was the first time I lived overseas in a foreign country. And I just did it. <laughs> I was just so eager and happy to learn and to experience something different. Uh, that, you know, I went, I went to New Zealand, did my three years, but I, I had the opportunity to come to Australia to do summer research projects. So I did a Bachelor of uh, Biomedical Science in New Zealand. And, um, and so then I, I was focusing on doing research in around that area. And that's how I got into uh, Australia was I came back, I came to Australia to do my honours. and did an honours in medical science. So I did a research project looking at how genes are switched on and off. And then um, I couldn't stay on in Australia, unfortunately, because I only had a student visa and I couldn't uh, find employment here. And so I had to go back home. But I got a job in Singapore. So I moved to Singapore and worked there for a few months. But then I got my PhD scholarship uh, to come back to the ANU to study. And so I left, um, I left Singapore and then stayed in Canberra ever since. So I did my PhD, did my research, my academic uh, life. Um, did like lecturing as well. So I was teaching molecular biology and uh, towards the end of my academic career, I was also a clinical trials coordinator and I ran a clinical trial for metastatic breast cancer patients. So uh, before moving into government right now. So I'm actually working full-time in the government as a regulatory scientist. And I guess it depends on how you want to wear that hat and how much mm -hmm. of that hat you want to wear, <laughs> mm -hmm. and how often you want to wear. Because I'm also a mom of three children as well. Um, and yeah, they're, they're, they're all still in primary school right now too. So they still need that support. Um, and I think, you know, if I were to, I think you know part of that. It, part of the challenge of running a business uh, while raising a family is that time, um, the lack of time. I think, yeah, to be able to do all that you really want to do for your business <laughs> and for your family. And so I had to learn to prioritize, learn to you know figure out what I really need to focus on. And really, mm -hmm. that's actually my, uh, my 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 focus next year is to focus. <laughs> yeah is that your word of 20 is that your word of the year for 2024 yep, that's a good absolutely one. yes that's a great yes. one mm. it's, it's hard it's such a balance because you can plan everything out and then especially when you've got kids then that takes priority because something can happen and mm. sometimes you can not stick to the plan but there is a saying that says without planning you plan to fail that's right and yes. so that's where i guess focus would come in but to me, you sound very focused. To be doing all the things you're doing, you sound incredible. So this podcast is obviously made for other small businesses to listen to and be inspired by. And you are inspiring. I found this chat so inspiring. Uh, but if you wouldn't mind sharing something about your small business, perhaps a trial you've had along the way or something you might have found difficult in mm. running your business and how you overcame it. Because I think yeah. sometimes hearing about the hard things and when you overcome it can actually be more satisfying. I was thinking that when you were actually talking about that balloon competition mm -hmm. and you actually loved the, the, the balloon you loved the most was the one that you found the most challenging. And I think that's kind of always the way. So I'd really love for you to share with us something mm -hmm. you found really challenging in business, how you overcame it, or even if you didn't, and how that felt. 
Yeah. Oh, well, my business was just starting to grow when the pandemic hit. Um, and, you know, being being a business where you actually have to meet people <laughs> and oh, go to yes. parties and, you know, have gatherings, it was it was quite a challenge because I couldn't operate. But you can't blow balloons up with a mask on, so... No, oh, I do have a pump, uh, an electric pump that helps me. I don't, I, I cannot mouth inflate. It's actually very tricky to do. But I do have a pump. I have my electric pump as well. But the challenge was, you know, we all had to undergo lockdown restrictions during um, the pandemic. I had to stop my business for a certain amount of time, actually a good amount of time, until the gatherings were allowed again. And only when the gathering numbers were quite low, like up to 10 or something like that. Yeah, that's when I can do something because um, you know, most people won't have parties unless there's you know sufficient number of people. But, you know, so I, I couldn't do anything um, with my business. My core, my core service was to go out, go to parties, go to gatherings and twist balloons for people. <laughs> Oh, that's and, so hard. Yeah, and so I was I was building my business for less than a year. Um, and then, you know, when it hit, I couldn't operate at all. And so I actually had to pivot my business to keep it going. And at that point in time, I, I, I thought I decided to move into balloon deliveries. So creating balloon marquees or balloon sculptures. And it worked out really well because at that point in time, people couldn't go out to shops to buy things for, you know, for their family. Um, there might be things that they couldn't get on the, in, you know, online or things like that. But I was able to create something that was customized for their loved ones that they could give as part of a birthday present or a surprise. So it was, it was, it was lovely that I was able to at least help people celebrate in a way. Even though I'm not twisting balloons, I'm actually twisting creations that they can share with others too. So, so yeah, so that was really tricky. Um, and I had to be very mindful of what were the restrictions were and to work closely with the customers so that, you know, I can, even though we had to take all these extra precautions that I was able still to create, you know, that really special time that really, um, how do you say, you know, and being able to entertain them, even though it was going to be difficult and challenging to do so. Because, and it was, the bookings were quite slow to start off because a lot of people were still fearful of COVID. They didn't really want to have parties. And, but then, you know, when, when people got used to it and like, okay, people are happy now. <laughs> They're yeah. a bit more comfortable. No one cares anymore. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's then... so inspiring about what you just said? It would have been really tough for you. I mean, obviously, that's you're one of those people that would have been really affected by COVID, being that your business is in parties. But mm. you chose to pivot. You had this door shut to you. And you created another way to get in and not only that, but make other people feel special. Because I mean, as speaking as someone who was home with kids in that time, I know that if they'd received a balloon creation and I knew something like that was out there, that would make them feel so special. They were taken mm -hmm. away from all their friends and family. Mm -hmm. And so you were able to take what was really difficult and pivot. So after it started opening up a bit more and people were more comfortable, did people still order the balloon creations from you or it just shifted back to parties and things like that 
Yeah, so I still get balloon orders um, from people. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I think the uniqueness of my balloon creations is I, I do twist them out of balloons. So it's not like blowing up a foil um, balloon. Uh, and I can and I can also tailor things as well. So some I've made caricatures of people. Um, so getting a photo of a person, you know, making sure I get like the hair color, the eye color, skin color, or and then the 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 physique or the clothes that they're wearing um, to really tailor it to that person. And 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 also and I think you know that's that. Um, I think when you create art, uh, there's there's a bit of soul um, that goes into the creation. So for me, I feel that my creation has a lot of soul, has a lot of heart, because I do pour a lot of my heart into creating something and making it look really pretty and uh, perfect, as perfect as I can make it anyway. <laughs> it's so true. In every creation a creative makes, a bit of soul does go into it. And, mm. you know, I think that that just must be so lovely, seeing people's joy when they receive those balloons. Yeah, it makes me very happy. It's like a, it's a, what do you call it? Symbiotic relationship. Oh, <laughs> I guess it's like a win-win. <laughs> oh, you just must come away beaming. That must leave you absolutely buzzing. Yeah, it makes me very happy. Like today I had, uh, I, I yesterday I was making two separate balloon sculptures. One was a Optimus Prime Transformer. And then the other one is uh, Spotty Dotty, which is one of the Sanrio uh, Hello Kitty characters. Yeah, but I was actually particularly proud of the Optimus Prime. It was about quite, quite tall. It's about a meter, a meter tall. And I was able to make like all the different details. And I think that's the thing I love about uh, what I do is that I, because I, I pay a lot of attention to detail. And I think the detail actually makes the creation comes alive as well. So... So, uh, yeah, I do spend a bit of time making stuff because I like to add all these details. I couldn't help but notice that you have a podcast yourself, <laughs> which made me really excited to bring you on here because I, I, I've, I've had one other podcast on here and it's I was just so excited to chat to you and I went in and I followed and I had a listen. But would you mind sharing with everyone what your podcast is about? Yeah, absolutely. So my podcast is called Carled Voices in STEM. So CALD um, stands for Culturally and Linguistically Diverse. And it's a community that I'm really passionate about because I'm a CALD person as well, or some people may call it a person of color or a woman of color. And, uh, and there's, it's, it's a podcast where what I'm trying to do is to highlight the career stories and challenges of CALD women in STEM. Now there is a child. There's, there's this prevailing problem of gender equity in STEM, where you find that women tend to drop off um, the STEM career and also are not as represented in leadership roles in STEM as well. This podcast really is an opportunity to improve the visibility and representation of Carl women in STEM, to give them a voice, give them the opportunity to share their story and to speak up about some of the challenges that they might be facing, um, you know, in their career, in how they are, how, what was, especially the male dominated industry. So what you find that, you know, there's a lot of challenges uh, for women in tech or women in the engineering, because that's a traditionally male dominated um, industry. And there are certain challenges that, you know, that they face being like just the single women in a group of uh, men 
that you know they have to that there's certain things that they have to do in order to make sure that they are seen and that they also get progressed in their career as well and not be left aside we've got that that, that layer of what we call um glass a glass ceiling for women in stem but for culturally diverse women there is an added barrier as well and we call it the bamboo ceiling so not only we have the challenge of gender but we also have the challenge of ethnicity and race that that that's that prevents us from being able to reach the level of leadership that we would like for women in in those stem roles so what I've done, um, I think I've, this is my, I've got my fourth episode just released um, yesterday. And, you know, you can hear, I'm trying to give a voice to women from different backgrounds, different stages of their STEM career, so that, you know, people at different stages uh, with different backgrounds can find inspiration from the stories of these women who have openly and vulnerably shared about their the challenges that they face um, in their career as well. And in a way also to provide them with some resources, some advice and some tips on how to navigate those challenges that they may face in their own STEM careers. And I noticed this today when I was listening and even hearing you share now, is that you're really supporting a niche group of people, creating vulnerability so that others can learn and understand about it. That speaks volumes, Chloe, and it's really inspiring. Do you get a lot of feedback from women that feel inspired and empowered by your podcast? So I, I've had some people message me to say that that they don't feel as alone anymore. Um, or even the women who are on the podcast as well, just I think they feel they feel appreciated, like because they, they're able to share their story. Because I don't know if there's a lot of platforms like this where people can actually share their story. Um, and so really this is giving them that opportunity to do that. So now, and I think, you know, my challenge with my podcast is really getting the message out there and getting more people to listen to the podcast. Cause mm -hmm. it's not just, um, I guess, being an inspiration for women in STEM who are culturally diverse, but it's also for, anyone else who are working in the STEM area to understand the sort of challenges that they do face so that they can be an ally and also a sponsor for those women who are struggling, who are facing these challenges as well. So unfortunately, the problem is a systemic problem and we need people who are already in leadership positions to be aware of these problems and to do something about it. And you know, we talk a lot about supporting women with mentors but what we really need are people to sponsor them and to also you know share that opportunity with them to speak well of them to keep promoting them so that they can also reach those leadership levels that they desire to so it's not like it's great for it to be an inspiration we can encourage people individually but hopefully those stories can also create a bigger change, a bigger impact in the industry um, of STEM too. Unless people are speaking honestly about what's going on, then no one is really going to know what's going on behind the scenes. And by mm. getting them to share and in a way that is helpful and it really feels, I really felt like I was being educated. It mm. really does open up the message and hopefully you will start to see change. I'm going to put your 
podcast in the show notes. But oh, thank you. I'd really love, if, I mean, I'd also love to share any other links. Like, are you guys a part of change.org or is mm. there, how can people find out more about this and support your cause? Yeah, so definitely um, get onto the podcast page. So it's it's hosted on my, my own personal page, which is drchloelim.com. Or you can also look for the podcast on Apple, Spotify. Spotify still around? Yes. I think they were stitched at this. <laughs> and then I think they're stopping Google Podcasts as well now. But anyway, that's my mind. Uh, but yeah, on any good podcast programs or platforms that you listen to, it should be on there. Uh, and yeah, if you'd like to follow what I'm doing as well, all the different projects that I'm involved in, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. So I'm very much active on LinkedIn. Mm. And I think it's really important for people, if they enjoy it, to go in and rate your podcast. Yes, please. So more people can see it, which yeah. I will go do when I finish recording. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Chloe, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on here today. And I just, I'm in awe of you and I so appreciate you coming on today. So thank you so much for coming on the Social Squad and sharing your many stories with us uh, thank you kate for the opportunity i'm so happy to be able to share my insights and hopefully they can help your listeners as well don't miss out on the latest episode of the social spot if listening to small business stories is your thing hit follow wherever you get your podcasts